Hello and welcome to Right Care Baptist. I'm Jake Lancaster, an internal medicine physician and the chief medical information officer for the Baptist system. And I'm Amanda Comer, a nurse practitioner and the system director for advanced practice providers. And today we're really excited to have Dr. Salil Gorha on to talk about CAR T-cell therapy. Dr. Gorha, welcome to the program. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, our listeners may remember he was on very early in the pandemic when we were first getting this program started. So he, he's uh, one that has helped launch the Right Care Baptist program. But uh, for those who, who don't, can you just tell a little bit of your background, um, your specialty, and what you kind of f- focus on? Sure. Uh, besides being a podcast guest occasionally, uh, I'm, a, I'm a hematologist at Baptist Cancer Center. And I mainly focus on treating people uh, with uh, blood cancers that are sort of like leukemia, lymphoma, other types of cancer like that. And um, I've been at Baptist uh, since 2011. Well, welcome back. Um, you know, this topic is it's it feels fairly new. I'm sure it's it's been out in the literature for you for many years, but uh, I think to a lot of us, it's it's uh it's still new terminology so can you can you walk the audience through exactly what is car t cell therapy yes uh, so car t cell therapy is is relatively very new and so that it makes sense that that um most people including people with a medical background aren't familiar with it um i guess i would say that car t cell therapy is a type of immune therapy or immunotherapy that we um, use in in oncology or in cancer treatment. So immune therapy is a broad category of treatments that sort of use the patient's immune system to attack and kill the cancer. And um, CAR T-cell therapy is sort of one of the main types of immune therapy that has sort of taken off in the last couple of years. Um, and and so it's interesting. It, it, it's an interesting form of, of treatment. It's not like treatments that we've been used before, that like chemotherapy that most people think about. And the the CAR is chimeric antigen receptor T cell therapy. Um, is that how important is that to know for the for the average physician listening, not the hematologist expert? It's probably not that important to know the name, uh, what it stands for. It's kind of um, it's probably not as illuminating as, as you would want it to be. But basically, it, the the CAR part of it is that sort of highlighting that these are um, T cells from from uh, patients and people's immune systems that are engineered to attack cancer. And that that's kind of the big, you know, the, that's what the CAR is. It's sort of something that has been engineered in a lab to attack cancer. And, and that's sort of the important part to remember. That's helpful. Now you said this differs from chemotherapy. So how does, what's the major difference? So um, that's, a, that's a good, good point, a good question. I think, the chemotherapy we think of as sort of attacking and killing cancer and, and, and chemotherapy in general has, has um, been very effective and useful in the treatment of cancer. Um, we do think it, it has significant side effects like losing your hair and, and causing problems like nausea, vomiting. Um, immune therapy and specifically CAR, ther- CAR T-cell therapy is, is sort of more targeted on the cancer and less side effects of traditional chemotherapy. It does have major side effects, which we will um, probably talk about a little bit later, but the benefit is is that because it uses the patient's immune system, 
um, rather than sort of like a, another drug or, or something. It, it's, it's something that the patient's sort of familiar with, that their body's familiar with, and so it may be better, better tolerated in, in some ways than, than like a foreign object or a foreign chemical in somebody's body. Um, the, the main rationale or reason for the CAR T-cell therapy is that it, when we give it, we, we hope that it lasts, or pers- the technical term it, is that it persists in the patient's body for some extended period of time. So it doesn't. It, so in addition, in, in addition to killing the cancer, it doesn't allow the cancer to kind of relapse or come back. And that's kind of the idea behind CAR T-cell therapies. It's sort of like a, a persistent um, way of attacking the cancer um, in ways that like a drug wouldn't be able to do. Okay. So you basically, you engineer the patient's immune response to attack the cancer therapy, and hopefully that engineering prevents the the cancer from relapsing as well. Uh, what malignancies are these useful for? So right now, they're um, FDA approved for lymphoma, leukemia, and uh, multiple myeloma, which are all kind of a blood cancer. Um, and um, what's made the blood cancer field maybe more um, amenable to the CAR T-cell therapy is that the, these cancers are pretty accessible to the immune system. They're in the, they're sort of attached or linked to the blood so that immune cells can get to those cancers pretty easily. Unlike some other cancers like, like lung cancer or breast cancer, where there's almost like a wall around the cancer that prevents the immune system from going into it and attacking it. Um, the other thing is that these type of cancers sort of, the cells, the, the cancer cells in the body have sort of unique properties that allow it to be targeted by the T cells and, and differentiate, these properties are sort of differentiated from other normal healthy tissue. And so um, that that's kind of what makes it, these, these cancers sort of an att- attractive target for this type of immune-directed therapy. And is this like first-line therapy, or do they have to have failed traditional chemotherapy for those types of yeah, cancers? Yeah, so, exactly. So, that yeah, it's second-line or third-line therapy. It's after the cancer has come back, and, and that's where it seems to be the most useful, although they are doing trials to determine if, if it helps in the first-line setting, too. Okay. That's interesting. So you spoke, you're alluded to side effects or adverse outcomes of this therapy. Can you go into detail about those potential outcomes or effects? Yeah, sure. So, so um, when we talk about this treatment, we sort of talk about it in a, in a way that it's, it's cool and exciting and it's new. And, and that's important. And, and and it's important to move cancer treatment forward, but but it's also important to acknowledge that these treatments do have a lot of severe side effects, and 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 it's, and there's the side effects are such a, in a way that we we have to treat people in a specialized setting, like a, a clinic or a hospital that where the nurses, the doctors, um, the providers are all kind of familiar with the side effects and aware of the side effects um, because it's so unique and 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 different than other treatments. Um, so with this particular CAR T cell therapy, the, the, there's a couple of main side effects that are worth noting. So t- the one of the main ones is something called cytokine release syndrome, and that's basically where the immune cells, when they're attacking the cancer, just to go back a bit, when we when we get do the CAR T cell therapy, we, we the patient's immune cells are harvested or removed from the patient's body. They're sent to a lab where they're engineered to attack. Uh, to the, attack the cancer, they're grown in the lab and they're sent back to the patient, and then we're, they, we infuse them into the patient. So after infusing them, um, the T cells can can really ex- 
when they get into the, into the patient's body and they start attacking the cancer, they can really divide and get really excited for lack of a better word. And that can create, create a lot of chemical or cytokine production. And, and what that does is it looks a lot similar to what people think of as, as sepsis. So they get high fevers, they get low blood pressure, they can get fluid building up in their lungs, they can get kidney, kidney failure, um, they can get pretty sick. Um, and, and sometimes we have to go uh, treat these patients in the ICU because they get sick. Um, um, so th that's kind of a major side effect. The other major category of side effect is what we call neurotoxicity. So this is less well understood of why it happens. It, it's clearly something related to the T cells being stimulated by, and when they're attacking the cancer, but it, it, it can cause things like headache, it can cause confusion, can cause like one of the ways we check for neurotoxicity is ask a patient to write a sentence down and see if, if there's any um, changes or problems that they have writing that can cause kind of cognitive problems. It's, in a severe form, it can cause seizures. Um, and, and those are the, the kind of side effects that we expect. And, and I think this is one of the areas we're getting better at treating these side effects and preventing them. And that, that's something that one, one sort of good thing that's happened recently is we, we've gotten better at treating these side effects. But, but every one of these patients would have to be admitted at the hospital for monitoring while they're receiving the therapy. Is that how the process works? Currently, that's what we're doing. I, I think with the advancements in the treatment and in, in managing the side effects, we would like to be able to transition to more of an outpatient um, um, setting for, for the treatment so the patients can go home after they get the treatment. Um, that requires a lot of close monitoring and, and, and things like video um, telehealth visits at night and things like that. So we're, it, it's kind of got a lot of things going on with it, but that's our goal is to move it to more of an outpatient setting because uh, patients like, like to be at home. And I guess as a kind of a follow-up question, as far as like the percentage of patients that get some of those uh, side effects, is it is it everyone is going to get it at some spectrum or do some just have no symptoms at all or how does it, how does it work? It's, it, it's, actually dependent on somewhat on the type of CAR-T product that we're using. Um, and so some of them have a rate of like 90% and some of them have a rate of 30 to 40%. Now I will say as we understand the, these side effects and we, we get better at preventing them, that rate is actually going down quite a bit. And so in fact, the FDA actually surprised, we, surprisingly, they just approved a new treatment, steroids for the prevention of these side effects yesterday. And <laughs> I was looking at my Twitter feed and I was like, wow, that's a new treatment. And we actually had a patient we treated with the wow. T-cell therapy. So we had to kind of amend our protocol a little bit because the FDA made this new change. So so I, I, the point of that is that things are advancing fairly quickly and, and we are getting better. So when I say 90% will get the side effects, hopefully 90% of that 90% will be very mild side effects and it won't be very severe. And in fact, if you look at the safety of it, Overall, the, we, while the patients do have severe side effects, uh, only a small minority have like long-lasting um, side effects or long-term uh, long damage, or and, and the rate of death is actually pretty small as well. So it, it's something that has to be managed carefully, but it can be managed. So we are doing this at Baptist. When did we start providing this therapy here? Uh, we started actually in June. Uh, we, we treated a couple of patients so far, um, and, and so far we've had pretty good luck with how the outcomes, uh, but it's still kind of early in our experience with this, this type of treatment and this technology. Uh, but it's, it's at, at Baptist Memphis, um, we, we, we start the treatments, 
in the clinic, uh, we have to give patients chemotherapy to kind of prepare them to accept the CAR T cells. And we start that process in the clinic. And then as we get closer and after we give the CAR T therapy, we admit them to the hospital at Baptist Methodist for closer monitoring. And, and how many patients do you think we've seen so far since last June? Um, I, well, this is, we're on our, I think, our, our third patient right now. And so okay. we're or actually our second patient. We have an, another patient coming up fairly soon. Um, so, yeah, we're still pretty early, but, but we're pretty excited about it. And as, as we get experience with it, we're pretty excited about the, the long-term um, possibilities with this program. So you mentioned there are various CAR-T products that you utilize. Do you, is, is that regimen based off the type of cancer or malignancy? Yes. Um, so the, 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 we treat uh, B-cell lymphoma. So there's diffuse large B-cell lymphoma and follicular lymphoma that are treated. And, and we use one product called Yascarda. Um, there's another uh, treatment for a different type of lymphoma called mantle cell lymphoma. And, and we also use it for acute lymphoblastic leukemia, and that's called Dicardis. So, and then there's also FDA approved, which we, we're hoping to get access to soon, but we don't have access is, is a treatment for multiple myeloma that, that will be, that is FDA approved. So th there's actually more products coming online pretty soon that, that will, I suspect, get FDA approved. So it's a rapidly growing field. Talk a little bit about the outcomes that these patients have, I guess, compared. So these patients are, are patients that have failed first or second line therapy for these diseases that are put on CAR T cell therapy. And so how does how do the patients fare on CAR T cell therapy versus a traditional patient that would have failed T, um, second or third line therapy? So another another great question. I think it, it's a difficult question to answer answer because there haven't been like head-to-head -head comparisons of CAR-T versus um, standard of care um, in terms of long-term follow-up. There are some new trials that are coming up that show that CAR-T cell therapies may be twice as effective at inducing remission in patients with um, some of these malignancies. But it, for the long-term follow-up, we, we have old clinical trials where, where there wasn't a control arm. And what we see is is that about 40 to 50 percent of those patients have cure or long-term disease-free survival. So they, they're living several years um, after they've gotten the treatment. And we, when we kind of compare that to the historical controls, that's more like 20, 25 to 30 percent. So I, I think that's the way I look at it. it it's kind of doubled our, um, our outcomes or improved them and uh, um, in, in like basically doubled the, the efficacy of the outcomes. Um, in, in a very kind of difficult to treat population, patients with relapse um, cancer. Um, it's not, so I think the point of that is it, 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 it's great. It, it's moved the field forward. People who, who have these great outcomes, um, we're all very thankful for it, but it's not perfect. It's not 100%. And so we still have work to do to, to improve how people do with these types of cancers. And do those uh, stats, do they vary based on the type of cancer and the, the CAR T cell therapy? So. You know, do you have different outcomes for myeloma versus lymphoma? Um, yes, um, the the myeloma outcomes actually it's only the myeloma products have only been out for like two years, so we don't really have the long term outcome data on that. For the lymphoma outcomes, the the products seem to be equally effective. Um, it, it's interesting that there's a big um, um, conference in hematology and and 
that occurred last month, and they had some new data showing that um, if we use the, these products earlier on in the patient's disease course, it seems to be more effective. And so we're still kind of learning how to use it, where to use it, and which products are more effect the most effective and when to use them. So it's a, like I said, it's kind of a rapidly changing, growing field. What about contraindications? Um, that's a good question. I think the patients, we, and this is something we've sort of benefited from other people's experience, and hopefully we won't make the mistakes that other people have been made, have made with these. So, so one of the things that early on that people, one of the mistakes maybe that people made was they would treat people who probably were really too sick to, to, to tolerate it. And so these are people who are kind of like maybe bed bound. Um, so what we would call a poor performance status. So they're, they're not, they're not mobile. It seemed to be causing those type people in those conditions to be to have to get more sick and, and more toxic side effects and, and less benefit. And so that's probably the main thing that we've learned. I think we look at um, things like the, their kidney, their liver, and their organ function, and that that helps predict. You know, patients who have good organ function seem to do better. And, and then and then we look at the, the type of cancer that they have, and and, and that can make a difference uh, about who's who's going to have the, the best outcomes. Well, Salil, I've, I've definitely learned a lot. I mean, this is certainly an exciting uh, field to be in, it seems like right now. Um, what can you tell us about uh, the future of our program and where do you see the, or the future of the field growing in, in general? So it, it's, it's, like I kind of hinted, it's a very exciting time. I think one of the big things that we're, we're, is out in the field and and it's sort of affecting us is, is trying to see if this type of treatment, this what we call immune therapy with using lymphocytes is going to be effective for solid tumors like lung cancer or breast cancer. And, and we're looking at opening a clinical trial, looking at sort of this type of immune therapy in lung cancer um, and, and hoping that that will show some effect, efficacy. I think, um, I think the, the field in general, they're, they're looking at internationally looking at, how CAR T cell therapy can work in solid tumors. There's a lot of challenges. And like I said, the main kind of challenge is that immune system doesn't really get into these solid tumors very well because they have sort of like a natural wall around them. So that's kind of the main challenge. Also finding unique properties of the cancers that we can attack is, has been a challenge. Um, I'm looking forward to, to, to looking to seeing more products available less side effects, like I talked about. I think that's, that's important. Uh, more access. So I think one of the things that's very important to highlight about this ter therapy is it's very expensive. So if you're looking at the cost of one of these treatments, it's, it's upwards about half a million dollars. And mm -hmm. so, and that's not even, not even including all the supportive care that we have to do for these patients. And so that, that, that limits the access that patients have because it's so expensive. Um, and you know we're and it, to be honest that we're still kind of navigating how 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 to manage that you know as a system both at Baptist Hospital and in sort of the national healthcare system how to manage that cost because we know it's effective but we don't want to you know bankrupt our system with 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 these treatments unless we know it's you know, I mean we want it to be effective and cost effective and so I think that that's something we're going to learn and I think over time like with any technology we'll figure out ways to make it cheaper and more cost effective with time. And that's something I'm looking forward to as well. No, that's a great point. But speaking of access, if a physician 
or anybody else within the system wanted to refer a patient for CAR T-cell therapy, what is our process to do so? Um, I, I mean, it's as simple as a phone call. Um, our clinic is, 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 I can give you our phone number, is 901-226-5151, and we're happy to take a referral that way. I mean, we, we take referrals through the, our referral, Baptist Cancer Center referral line um, as well. So, um, and I'm happy to, to talk to anybody about this treatment. I'm very excited to, to share it with, with the larger Baptist community and the larger Memphis community and the larger state, <laughs> tri-state community. Sure. Well, well, thank you so much again for your time, um, you know, and, and being a veteran, coming on the program twice, you know, we <laughs> really appreciate you, but um, I certainly learned a lot and we'll be watching this, this field uh, with interest over the next few years. Um, thank you everybody for listening to another episode of Right Care Baptist. Remember, if you follow the link in the show notes, you can redeem this episode for CME credit. Thank you.